You're listening to the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast with, with your hosts, Sir Colin Campbell and Gary A. McGowan. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. It's your host, Sir Colin Campbell, here with Gary A. McGowan. And you're tuned into the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast. We have a special guest in the studio today. The man himself, the legend of door knocking. Vincent oh, Bonga. And I got him on screen nice and quick this time. It's <laughs> uh, so not so black, not so white. white. Be red. I'm like, oh, I'm going to send a doctor and check my blood pressure or something. Nice, nice, nice. Vincent, pleasure to have you. Pleasure to actually to have both of you, in all honesty, after this last weekend. We're going to talk a lot about what you guys did this last weekend, but uh, we're here to obviously talk about you know how Vincent is is bettering uh, the people around him with uh, the things that he's doing in his business, and also the things that he's doing outside of his business, which is you know we always find that's where the gold is, my friend. But uh, pleasure to have you here. Thanks, thanks for having me. It's, uh, I was very excited, I'm honored to be here. I've uh, been listening to your podcast uh, often, a lot uh, on my drives, uh, on my runs. Uh, yeah, it's a real honor to be part of it. Cool, cool, cool. So uh, Colin's sending, sending me love notes here. Yes, we are live on Facebook. Awesome. <laughs> Just <moment>. making sure. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, that's awesome. Um, there's so many different places where to go, but we need the little, you know, one minute, if you could, backstory of who Vincent Bungard is. Oh, wow. That's a one minute. Well, I mean... I grew up in Southern <laughs> Australia. <laughs> yeah, I get that often. I get Australian often. I get South African often. I get Dutch often. No one ever gets to Switzerland. That's where I'm actually from when it comes to, like, protecting my accents. Um, I grew up in Switzerland, uh, 37 years old now. I came to Canada five years ago. That's Married, impressive. have uh, two beautiful boys. And um, yeah, I'm in real estate now. Since I came to Canada before, I came over, had a complete different life in Switzerland. I was working for Swiss TV, which I absolutely love, supreme job. Um, so completely turned my life upside down, packed up, and uh, we actually came over here with a, there's a picture that's left on my phone somewhere. It's like five suitcases, and that's it. So yeah. we really? packed everything in, and whatever we could bring to the airplane, and uh, came here. And, Started off new, and uh, I have no regrets. I would say you got one life to live, and why not make the most of it, right? There's so many facets in life. Um, so now I'm here. Let's see how, how long. <laughs> how long? No. You mean on the show? Or? <laughs> well, you've been here now five years, so it right. um, doesn't look like you're going anywhere too soon. No. What what is it that allows someone and I, I, I please I want you to continue your story with who you are and where you're from. But you've you know packed up your entire life. You had a good job back in uh, back home and you know just decided Canada will be home going forward. Yeah, um I think it came my wife's from Canada, right? So I, I met her in two thousand eight at the Olympics in Beijing. I was working for Swiss team back there. She lived with me in Switzerland, and uh, she always said, I want to go back at some point. And I said, give me a few years, give me a couple years, just to let go of everything and be ready. Because I don't like to do things just like, I don't like to jump into things. I'm someone who doesn't really like change, someone who uh, really always carefully uh, weighs out all the options. But when I do it, I do it 100%. There's no half things. Yes. I don't commit to a lot of things either. Like I maybe commit to three, four things in my life, but I do these things at the highest possible level. So um, at the point I was ready to, to come over and uh, start a real estate career. And here I am now. Okay. Start a real estate career. So uh, you met a girl, fell in love, <laughs> the classic story. Yep. Then you got to move to her country, but real estate wasn't your background. No, no. Real estate, the way it's, it, 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 it works here, doesn't even, I think, exist in, in back in Switzerland. Um, uh, all my friends, I don't know anybody whose parents have sold a house or something. So you, yeah, people have a house and they have it for the rest of their life and then you pass it on to the kids. So there's no, no turnaround like here and there's no, it's just different. And if someone sells a house, then they probably go to a lawyer and say, I'm going to sell my house sell it or something like that. Um, so yeah, and I was never a salesperson either. Like I was the guy who puts uh, 
I went to check it on the Swiss version of Kachichi for a hundred dollars and the dude picks it picks it up and I say, you know what, you can have it for fifty. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So left Switzerland, move here, had no experience in real estate, and Voila, you decided I'm going to be a real estate agent. Well, I mean, I guess, uh, of course, my, my wife's family, the side of my wife's family, they were all in real estate, right? Okay. That's for, for decades. And that was kind of a logical step for me to follow that. Um, I didn't want to go back into media because it's just been such a long way and long, it's just a hard path to to get where you are. And then I just think I would all, all I would do is I would always compare it to my, my media job back home, which... Um, I didn't want to do. I didn't want to compare. If I if I if I do if I pick up and, and start fresh, I want to do something new. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I always say like it doesn't really matter what you do. I mean, obviously you want to be um, uh, you want to be. Um, so sorry, sometimes I forget the words because English. I was joking. I say English on that fifth language. <laughs> <laughs> Mine too. Passionate. Sometimes you you want to be passionate about what you're doing, but at the end of the day, I could maybe go and sell potatoes on, on, on the side of the road, I would still be good at it because I, what I do, I, I want to do it at my very best. So it doesn't matter if I'm knocking on doors, selling potatoes or go on a boat and, and, and be a fisherman. I want, I want to do things right and good. Mm -hmm. So it's okay. You open the door. Let's talk about passion and, and drive <laughs> and determination. So the both of you, um, and many others, but the, specifically both of you decided to pick up on a journey that was huge goals for both of you this weekend, and that's the Scotiabank Marathon here in Toronto. Right. And and for you, it was your first marathon. You've run the halves before, right, Vincent? Yeah, I've run four halves competitively before, and that was my first this Sunday. First. Okay, so you've had time to reflect on it. We're going to get to that part, but I, I want to know what motivates people like you guys to say, hey, that's something I want to accomplish? Uh, well, for me, it's been on my radar since I was very young. So when I was 16, um, I always had this desire uh, to do something no one else does. So when I was 16, I was there was a run back in Switzerland. It was a, a 100K run, 100 kilometers. You're, oh. not, you're not allowed to run it when you're 16. So, but you can participate and drop out at certain levels. So I dropped out at 38 kilometers or something. Wow. I did it again when I was 17. And when I was 18, I would have actually been able to run the, the whole thing. But then I got in, I injured my knees for the first time pretty badly. And um, ever since, I've had three knee surgeries, uh, like hard ones, what we're talking about, like uh, ACL, split meniscus, cartilage damage on both knees. Yeah. And, um, that sounds painful. Yeah, yeah, it's a long, a long way back. So especially the cartilage damage, I was rehab for over a year on one knee. And then I realized, oh, the other one's gone too, and I can barely walk. I gotta go back to the surgeon, cut it open, drill holes in the bones, and uh, go back to rehab for another year. But again, that's my last surgery was when I was thirty-two, about five, six years ago, over thirty-one. Um, I always wanted to do a marathon at some point, and um, Started slowly running again, and things came back, and I just somehow knew this year uh, I'm just gonna do it. And then Colin and I kind of start firing each other up. <laughs> and I mean, it's just it's like Colin was never a runner. I at least was a runner all my all my life, kind of. And uh, Colin just started like six months ago, and then whipped one out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm inspired by you, bro. We're gonna, we're gonna blow. We're gonna blow the, the air horn here for Colin once. <laughs> So, in, in that, um, after you're, you're running through the the race, and we'll, we'll talk about your journey through the race because I know there's, you know, my, my wife is a runner, so I've got to live vicariously through her in a sense, and I know there's ups and downs throughout that journey, throughout that run. Uh, what was the wall for you? When, when did that hit you? Because every runner goes through that, just right. and and you can see the equation here to to business, right? And we'll get into that part of it. But I want to know, like, what when th when that wall hit, when did it hit? What did you do to get through it? I think what's interesting is how important um, your, your mind is during that run and the kind of expectation you go into a run like that. So, for example, when I trained, when I trained 
uh, on a training round, 20 kilometers, I know I'm going 20 kilometers, and I usually hit that wall at 18 or 19. When I go 16 kilometers, I hit that wall at 14, 15. So whatever you set your mind at, you kind of also limit yourself. Um, this time is a bit different because I've run the half marathon a few times, and I knew I'd be good for 21 kilometers. And once I passed the 21 kilometers, it was all pretty much like fresh land for me. And I hit it quite soon, 25 kilometers and 30. I saw my family. It was kind of like a, kind of like hyped me up a bit. And after that, I was just suffering it through. It's like trying to survive. <laughs> what about for you? Did it kind of the same experience or? Um, no, because I haven't hit that wall as yet. Um, I remember during my, during my run, I was like, okay, I have, you know, seven kilometers more to go, six kilometers more to go. But that wall wasn't there. I, and I, that's why I think I need to run a full marathon to see where that wall is. Uh, because I didn't experience this. I know most runners talk about hitting that wall where you literally have to break through. Um, it wasn't there for me. Right, yeah. right. And so obviously you completed the race. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, so what what brought you through that 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 toughness? I just I just didn't want to. I just did not want to give up. It was never an option. I think they would have literally had to take me out of the race. Uh, and I did like I had just uh, I started cramping up the, the last five kilometers and I was about 20 meters before the finish line. I was kind of I was trying to put my arms up, just change my pulse and another cramp hit and I rolled over to the side and the EMS showed up their backpacks and like I was not 50 meters, give up. 50 this, meters away. Yeah, this is, this is fascinating how the, your 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 willpower just goes through all the pain and just gets you going. Like I once I stopped running, like I still mm. everything still hurts and I still can't feel two toes in my left foot and I hope it's gonna come back at some point, but that's a toll I had to pay and so be it. Yep. Um yeah, you can really conquer a lot if you if you, if you if your mind is is willing to. So would you say a marathon is less physical and more mental? I, it's a it's a mix. I think it's 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 fifty fifty maybe or maybe I think it's still mostly physical. Like if you're not prepared, yes. um, I just don't know how you're going to do it. Yeah. But if you don't have the mental strength, then I don't know. At some point you probably would give up. It also depends. Like I'm not. I'm by no means am I like a, a fantastic runner or yeah. there's people that are just so much better than me. Um, but everybody runs his own race. And yeah. Everybody faces his own challenge. So, yeah, it's a good experience. That's a good point. I, you and I were debriefing about the race yeah. yesterday, and you mentioned that, and it took you a while to figure that part out during the Absolutely. race. Absolutely. Like run every, your own race. Yeah, run that's the line race. there. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and I reminded myself of that at least seven times throughout the race. Run your own race. This is your race. You're not. Yeah. That guy who's running zooming past you he can be you know uh, <laughs> uh the next olympic uh runner you don't know just run your own race this is your first race this is the first time you're going at it you know you stick to the plan i think it's a very very great lesson for life in general uh we really we we compare ourselves so often yes. and sometimes that that just takes us down um if you go steady at your pace you'll always i think going to be your best it doesn't matter you ignore everything that's going going on around around you um it certainly helps to to get tips tricks uh look up to other people but there's no point in, in beating yourself up like if you beat yourself up every time so around, around, another runner passes you you'll you never finish that race yeah, right if true. you focus on yourself only you'll be finishing the race yeah so what are some of the lessons that you've learned from you know your first marathon that lessons that will translate into your business um well one, one big lesson and that's not no surprise it's just preparation like you gotta be prepared yes um i mean i've, I've trained over a thousand kilometers this year 
Um, and it still wasn't enough. Like I was still struggling at the end. I could yeah. have prepared even more, maybe, or maybe different. Maybe we should have gotten a coach. Yeah. I was very, uh, I'm, I'm a bit resistant to coaching, which is not the greatest thing. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I always feel like I, I know it. I, you know it all. Uh, I'll know it all. Um, okay. But, so, okay. Uh, stop there. Stop sure. there. Coaching. Um, so what, what happened during the race that you didn't expect to happen? Uh, not much. It was more like during the race, I realized, oh, okay, some people were wrecked. I spoke yeah. to a few ones and they said, have you, have you run a 30 to practice? I said, no, my farthest I went was 24 kilometers. He said, no, you should do a 30. Just do one 30 just to practice. I think, you know what? Like I've done 21, I've done 24. Five more was five Whatever, more. right? And now looking back, I think, okay, I should have done a 30. Although, just thinking about it, it makes me sweat. But <laughs> <laughs> so, if I if I run another marathon again, I would I would definitely practice more long distance. But I'm I'm just a routine. I'm such a routine guy. It's sometimes it's a blessing and sometimes it's a curse, right? I, I don't like change things up. I do the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah, well, blessing and a curse. because uh, you're known for in our offices and you're known for throughout all of Keller Williams here in Canada for someone who's so diligent at being at the doors and your door knocking every day. Uh, Sunday was our, your marathon run, which it was uh, an amazing run. And then the next day you were limping going out in the doors and you knock what? 80 to 100 doors that day. Yeah, it was 82 doors only, and it took me double the time than usually. But okay, time out. Hang on. Hey, <laughs> oh, I played the wrong music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> only 82 doors. 82 doors only. So, which is 82 doors more than a lot of people door knock that day, right? Yes. So probably. Yeah, and and I love that earlier. I don't know if you caught on, if the listeners caught on, is you know you're you're a creature of habit. Yeah, you yeah. couldn't help yourself to go do what, the most important thing no, in your I business. I would have felt bad if I wouldn't have done it, right? right. Like I needed to do it. I, I was talking to Cole in the morning and um, I said, you know, I'm just going to go to 25 or 50 doors just so I've done the action. It doesn't matter the result. It doesn't matter. It's it's getting the action done. And then once you're out there, you, you'll stretch it a bit and you, you'll do a bit more. Than... It's almost like going to the gym. I always say, you know what? If you don't feel like going to the gym, go just go it. and say, I'll do 12 biceps curls. That's all. You go in and you go out again. But once you're there, it's not as bad anymore, right? You might do this, you might do that. You end up doing a 30-minute, 45-minute work, workout. Um, yeah, it's the same Same with the prospecting or door knocking. If I don't feel like, I still go. Like, I've never missed a single day because of weather or or hangover. <laughs> or <laughs> marathons. <laughs> or marathons. It's actually a great... Uh, Cure if you're a little bit like in the morning, if you got a hangover or something, the fresh air and everything just gets you right back on. And you say, you know, I'm going to do 50 doors, and then you end up doing 100. So, for people who don't know who Vincent is, give us an overview of your production level, what is it you're doing, and how and why the doors are so important to you. Okay, before you do that, a little shout out. So, Mark Loeffler is is you know one of the one of the agents that we all love and and make respect, fun of and yes. respect i mean and uh so he was talking you, you guys were talking earlier about you know committing to the task your own race, and, yes. and run your own race and and yeah it's the same thing as real estate stay in your own lane you know yeah. we talk about that a lot uh, a little shout out to all the people watching uh, christine luch laurie jeff ham michael creesa michael we'll see you on the 29th my friend looking forward to that and a bunch <laughs> of others stevie darren mike russo all sorts do you remember the question um no so how tall are you <laughs> no, that wasn't the question. Uh, validate why you're here a little bit. I can help you out with some of your numbers and GCI, but as and to set it up a little okay, bit. Well, um, I think the, the only number I actually like to brag about is the number of doors I know. It's yes, also the only awesome. goal. It's also the only goal I set myself at the beginning of the year because I know be doing this for like five years now. I know the results show up. It's very. It becomes very predictable. Still, every every transaction, every deal comes from all, all kind of weird corners. But as long as you're putting the action out there, as long as you're prospecting, you'll get the results from somewhere. And um, so, yeah, my, my number 
It's actually the biggest number this year. Is I'm going to knock on 32,000 doors. Wow. And I should end up somewhere, I don't know. That's huge. 32,000. Production. I don't know if you guys know production volume or something. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Whatever you want to share. Well, I mean, you can all look it up, but I'll be interested. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's usually get me about 20 million volume, probably. I think. 20 yeah. million in somewhere, somewhere there, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. That's a of it. Well, like... I mean, the past year, it's always been between, I don't know, 16 to 18 million. Okay. Probably a bit higher. So, 32,000 doors. That's your commitment. Right. That, in Canada, fantastic. the weather can be really bad at times. Right? We can have a lot of snowstorms. It can be extremely hot at times. Mm -hmm. Like you mentioned, there might be some times where there might be one or two hangovers. And you're still committing. And you're still committing to 32,000 door, doors. Um, where is that discipline from? Because you mentioned before, there's just a few things that you really commit to. And when you commit to them, you go all in. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this is one of them. Where is, like, what happened, you know, whether it's in your upbringing or where, where was this discipline instilled? Well, I'm, um, I don't know how Gary uh, phrased it before, an animal habit or something. Creature. Creature, Creature. habit. I like, if you were an animal <laughs> of habit, what animal would you? I'm kidding. So, yeah, I, I do like I, I do like routine. This is I don't know. It's what kind of keeps me sane in the day. The same routine every day, and if things get shaken up, that might sound a bit boring, but it also helps me to get where I am. And uh, yeah, I like a routine. So Monday to Friday, I do it every day. Um, I'm very grateful for that as well, and that's a gratitude I think goes a long way. It's something that I didn't always have, and something that. I don't know, in the past few years, this came up more and more and more. So I changed my, my mindset completely from I have to to I can. Mm. And if you, put, if, you, if you say, okay, I, I can go to work. I can go door knocking. I can go pick my kids up. I can do this, this, this. Then you automatically also reflect on it and say, well, oh, what do you mean I can go to work? Oh, there's an option that I couldn't go to work. Yes. There's an option I couldn't get up in the morning there's an option i couldn't pick my kids up for yes. whatever reason so once you look at everything that way um it's so easy to do it it's so easy to just like appreciate like i'm out there i'm out there i, I love seeing the seasons change my coldest day was minus 38 i still enjoyed it because i was actually able to be outside and walk there's hundreds of, of people i can't even walk i, I could be in a coma i could be Again, I've been, I've had knee surgeries, I've been on crutches a combined nine months probably if I would have all three surgeries. I know what it feels like to not be able to walk. And that's just, that's just like, um, that's not permanent, right? So all these things, if you just look at things differently, um, it's, it's easy. It's not, it's not a lot of work to get this done. Yeah. I like that. Really yeah. Change the way you look at things and just the things you look at will change. And this is a choice you're making, right? You don't have to do it. You know, you're grateful that you can do it and you're yeah. able to do it. Well, think about the person that uh, I always bring up this, this story when I was, um, I was volunteering in a, in, a, in, a, in a clinic, in a rehab clinic for, for young people that are paralyzed or like uh, tetraplegics or paraplegics, kids in their 20s jump off. A, a, a rock or something, hit a rock and you know, you'll change the rest of your life. These guys are trying, kind of working and getting back into their daily routine. They spend a year at the rehab or longer and they train to get in and out of the cars. It takes them 45 minutes. Um, we get in and out of the car every day, 15 times, right? We don't even think, think about how, how like privileged we are. You're doing that simple stuff. So, I don't know, if you kind of look at this, then all these big mountains we see, all these obstacles, at the end of the day, man, you just, first of all, you're happy you have these obstacles because we could all be dead at this point. Yes. There's probably every day a, a moment where you could die. And that sounds a bit, let's say, morbid or... Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's true. Like, no matter how bad your day seems, at least you have a day. Yes. 
So that's kind of my my view of things, and makes makes me gets me going. I think. So um, help us understand the mindset where when something bad happens, something negative happens, something that will you know suck the energy out of you. How do you deal with that? Yeah, great question. Um, not that well. I really let things affect me, and in this business, and especially in real estate, there's always things that go wrong, and it, I'm working on that. I need to really learn how to kind of like, um, I don't know. I, I sometimes there's nights that I can't sleep because I just keep thinking about something or there's a problem, issue, and it helps me when I when I when I kind of put things in perspective and say, well, you know what? Um, if a deal doesn't close, yeah, it's bad, but someone tonight might put put diagnosed with X Y. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you know, you gotta put things in perspective, and yeah. Don't take yourself too seriously. I think that helps a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Very true. Neither you or I do. Uh, I got to tell you, Vincent, um, that might be one of the most honest answers we've ever had. Yeah. Because that's a deep question and and you were quite vulnerable. So I appreciate that because, you know, it it would be easy to say, yeah, I I go to my happy place and I, you know, hold my kids and I sit there. But it, it... like this business affects us. Yeah, yeah. I, right? I wish I, I wish that was my reality. I wish I could just like meet the office and go home. And, yeah. and I hated how it really drags on. It, it occupies my mind twenty four seven. And at home, I get a weekend. Sometimes I, I can't really let go of it. I need to work on that because it's not the way it should be. I I admire people who who can do that. We just can't let go for forty eight hours. Right. But I got a bit of a control freak in, in myself. I want to oversee. I want to make sure everything is, is, is under control. Everything is good. Um, yeah, it's, it helps in some aspects of life and in some aspects of uh, life to be crazy too. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. That must be a healthy, healthy meeting somewhere. Yeah. Right? No, that's fantastic. Fantastic. Should we try this? Absolutely. Should we do this? Absolutely. Okay. All right. All right. Let's see. Apple juice. That's right. Get some apple juice. Let's see if we can make this happen. Oh, hang on. I got to change the camera because we don't want to be staring at me. Um, here we go. Okay. Uh, rapid fire questions. So you've yes. seen the segment before, my friend. You better not have been rehearsing these because I've changed the no, questions. No, I didn't know. Okay, I good. Know. I didn't <laughs> all right, all right. And uh, we always like to have fun with our guests. Let, not to say lighten it up, but uh, to lighten it up. To lighten it up. Yeah, there you go. Okay, start off easy. Would you rather be texting or talking? Texting, 100%. All it's, right. It's terrible, but I... I hate talking. <laughs> well, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. That's right. That's right. Favorite language to speak? Oh, that's a hard one. That's a hard one. I think it's English now. Really? Well, because it's the it's the language I speak. It's funny. I'm almost speaking better English than German now. I would say it's just um, it's come so natural. To really? Um, I like Italian too, but I'm just not as good to really. Okay, we need to stop this. Forget about all the languages that this guy speaks. <laughs> yeah, seriously, <laughs> like, right? like five languages. I, speak... I, like, I like swearing in Swiss. <laughs> okay, yeah. Favorite language to swear in? Swiss. Swiss. Can we swear in Swiss? Let's have it. I was gonna say it anyway. <laughs> no. We don't know what that means. <laughs> Pick up your own socks. <laughs> Is it wrong for a vegetarian to eat animal crackers? No. Love it. First, this will be interesting. First celebrity crush. Carmen Electra. Okay. I thought it might have been someone you could have made her name up, and we wouldn't have known she was on. Yeah, whatever TV show back home. Um, yeah. Oh, you get that too. Yeah, it's everywhere. A show that travels the world. Baywatch. Baywatch. Favorite junk food? Uh, chips and... Uh, beer. Good. Beer. Yeah. Yeah. Fish and chips. Fish and chips. Sure it is. It's all battered food. Yeah. Okay. It's nasty. It looks so good. Uh, name one of the seven dwarfs in German. I don't know. Call it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tall dwarf. Nice, nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lord of the. Would you rather? Would you rather? Lord of the dwarfs. Would you rather cake or pie? 
I'll cake on the sense. All right. Empty a bakery if you need me. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, what's your favorite? No, let's not do that one. Um, let's not do that one. The movie, The Godfather or Star Wars? 100% Godfather. Okay. I here you watch go. Star Wars. Really? Here you yeah. have it. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and would you rather climb a mountain or jump from a plane? Some both. I I'm a, I would say climb a mountain because um, I'm extreme. I've never bungee jumped. I, I'm extreme. I have a real fear of heights. But jumping out of the plane is so high up that it doesn't really matter anymore. It's like, so I, I found skydiving and it was very easy to do, but mm. I, could not ch- I couldn't jump off a 30-foot cliff, for example. So climbing a mountain. Climbing a mountain. So there you have it. Vincent Bongard, who would yeah, rather <laughs> swear in Swiss <laughs> and yeah, talk it and then jump in. That's right. That's right. That's a little fun that we like to have. Colin, what do you got for us? Um, I want to delve more in, into the mindset around you know, what allows someone to come to a new country, never have any experience in sales or retail, and has done a phenomenal, built a phenomenal business, right? And like you said, he's a creature of habits. He just wants to go there every day and knock as many doors down as possible. And you said that's your, your only goal. Well, that's your biggest goal to knock down 32,000 doors and the business will come. So um, it sounds like, you know, that having just the fate in knocking on 32,000 doors, X amount of business will come. Uh Where does that fate come from? I guess from past experience, mostly. Mm. yeah, I mean, again, I go back to my to my my, my, my family. My, my father-in-law has done this. He, he proved it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it was just, uh, and I, I like that's the beauty of our business. There's so many ways to 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 be good at it. Like I I, I admire you for what you do, right? Uh, on the phone, something I was never comfortable with. I know I got my license. I did it for two days, and I was ready to burn my license again and <laughs> jump in a plane on a boat and go back to Europe. And then I, I came up right, like, well, what else I'm gonna do? I, I'm new here. I have no friends. Um, no, like again, no high school friends. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody I got to know or knew was in real estate, anyways. So my only way was to go out and ask strangers and. Um, Something I was kind of scared of in the beginning because in Switzerland you would never knock on the door. It's considered very rude. Mm. But Canadians are very friendly people and like great interactions. And I liked it again. I liked being outside. It was it's great for great for the kneeling of my knees as well. It's ten kilometers of walking every day. And yeah, the results started to show up after a while. I mean, it took for it took for a long time. It took me six months to get my first listing. Yeah, but just hang in there and. At faith, it's going to come, and now I know it works. And obviously, I'm not, at some point, I might want to like try out some other avenues. But this is my base, and this is what I, I always think: what would be if I couldn't do it anymore? I don't think I would enjoy business anymore as much as I do. Mm. I would probably do something else, sell potatoes or something. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because. You know, once you believe and you believe in that law, like without a shadow of a doubt, you know it will work because it's the same law a farmer uses. You know, when I plant this seed, this potato is going to grow. Like there's no proof. I just need to plant this seed, water it, and a potato will come. Yes, you got to stick to the process, right? Yeah. I love the I love the this one will like focus on on the plan, not on the problem. Yes. Like the problem is ultimately to get business, to meet people that have many plans that you could help with. But that shouldn't be like if that's my prime goal when I go out, I don't meet people that can use my help every day. So I will beat me up, mate. But I know I can go and reach my goal of whatever doors I want to knock on and I get a sense of accomplishment and I'm a happy person. Okay. And down the road, uh, it will prove my business and Helps me to do what I need to do and become successful. Okay. So now, what was the best times to go out and do it? Because most people will want to know that. Yeah, nine, nine, I go out 9 to 12. 
um, 9 till 10.30 is the best time. Then after 10.30 it drops a bit. Okay. Then it doesn't pick up anymore until 3.30. But then 3.30 you have all the kids being home and it slows you down too. So okay. if you want to do it every morning, do it 9 to 11 and 9 to 12. Okay. And what are the, the open rate, the, the open door rate or? Yeah, roughly 25%. Like I've, I've now knocked on over 150,000 doors. I analyzed the numbers. I put in the spreadsheet every day. I think it's uh, it's about twenty three point two percent. But yeah, Google found about every fourth door someone home. Okay, how do you feel about that knocking on that door? And there's a potential that guy or gal has worked in night shift, and now you're going to knock on that door, ring that doorbell, and disturb that person who just came in. Yeah, obviously, I don't want to like bother anybody or call something like a lot of people who work night night shift have like a little note outside and i respect that i'm not going to knock on that door um yeah like it's the same if you if you call right yeah i'm not different if you call they have a door uh, note that they're torn yes you don't know you still call before you wake them up so of course uh and the only reason i ask that because so many people are afraid to door knock because of stories like that they tell themselves and you might meet that person maybe once every two years if there's right. no door right no to that door right and i i mean after so many doors you become pretty good at reading body language as well so i it takes me a few seconds to kind of pick up should i just leave a card and say thank you leave or i think sometimes you can make a bit of a change in someone's day as well um make a joke give them a smile you know just have like a nice 30 seconds conversation and wish them a great day. And yeah, you never know what impact that has, right? Yeah. I mean, of course, not everybody appreciates it if you shut their door. And you got to understand that like, no one invites me to be there, right? So yeah. when I'm there, I'm their guest. I have to act the way they would want me to act. If they want me to, to get a leave right away, I'll do that. If they want to chat a little bit, I'll chat a little bit. Yeah. Well, it's the whole... Yeah, you never know how you're going to affect somebody. Like something as simple as a smile can change that right. person's yeah. outlook yeah. for the rest of the morning or whatever it is, right? Um, and, and that's the cool part about it. We have that ability. Um, everybody has that ability. How many How many times are you knocking on the same door throughout a year? Uh, three, four times. Yeah. And I think people miss that, right? They knock on the door and they go back two years later knocking the same door. Right. Like it's the relentless follow-up in a sense, yes. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and what is it that you're saying to people at the, the front door? What are you it's saying? Super short. Yeah. I pretty much introduce myself. Say, hey, I'm Vincent Berkey. We're Kelvin Realty in the neighborhood. Just curious if you have any, any funds to move or sell your home or any real estate needs I can help you with. And then I just uh, pretty much read their body language. And in most of the cases, it's, it's a no. That's, that's okay because most people don't plan on selling. Some people have questions about the market, and I'm happy to kind of like educate them or show them what's happening and talk about the market. It's kind of whatever they need, right? Um, if, if, yeah, if they wanted to be kept in the loop and they want to get a newsletter, then I'll, I'm happy to take their emails and, and keep in touch. They want to know what the house I've sold across the street. Uh, I'll look it up for them. Um, they don't want to talk and I'll just go to the next. Okay. Yeah. And for, for, for those people that, you know, they, they engage in conversation and, and so forth, are, are you doing, just to help us, some of our listeners out here, are you doing all that work right there? Are you taking some information, going back to the office, following up? What does that look like? Yeah, so I would, um, if someone says, you know what, we're, we're thinking of moving next spring, maybe, and I ask if it will be okay if I keep in touch with them, if they say yes, please do, I'll take their email address, I'll take a phone number, and um, yeah, I'll start just uh, keeping in touch. I, I pretty much like to go at whatever pace they want to go. Yeah. So if I get a feeling I don't want to be called every month, then I'm not doing, I'm not calling them every month. If it's someone that really likes to, to chat once a month and just so that's how like there's people that are really interested in this market and they, they're very knowledgeable as well. They love it when I call and we can just chat 10, 15 minutes about what's happening, how much these homes are selling. So I, I kind of treat every every lead or every person that I have in my database very individually. Cool, cool. So, uh, like that's a, that's an interesting piece there because it's no one size fit all. Because 
we're dealing with a hundred people in our database. There's a hundred different personalities, needs, and so on. So why treat them all the same? Thank you for that. Interesting piece. Yeah, and, and well, it just goes goes to show you, you know, not every client is the same. If, if it was, we'd be buying all the same types of houses right. in a sense, right? It'd be right. easy for us, but it's not uh, from that perspective. Talk to us about how you prepare for your day. Um, I'm not a morning person actually at all, so I'm not a, an early riser. I get up at seven and get make get breakfast. I have two boys. The ones the only one is two years old. The other one is seven. My wife and I kind of split, split it up. I'll take care of the seven-year-old. She takes care of the little one, um, breakfast for him. I get him going, get myself going, get out and drop him at school and then go right right to the doors. Um, there's no... So hang on a second. You don't go to your office first. You just no. go from the school right to the doors because right. you know that's the time for, for the best response. Right, right, right. Yeah, right. Um, yeah it's, it's very, every morning it's, it's, it's the same. I have one shower in the morning. I need that. I did not leave the house with a shower. It's weird. <laughs> I need to shower. Um, I need that too. I need the wake yeah, up call. Yeah, it's yeah. like you wake up. It's it almost is. like you wash all the sleepiness off yes. and you're ready to go. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, my, my kids know at home, don't talk to dad unless he's had a shower yeah. and at least a sip of coffee. Right. Like, so if there was one thing I would need, I think, in the day that I could not give up on, it would be having a shower in the morning. I could do without, I started drinking coffee now, I didn't for a long time. Um, I have a coffee in the morning now too, but I could do without that. I do it, I need that one shower after I wake up. Right, you want a successful day, you heard it here first. <laughs> have a, have do not leave the house without a shower. And that might be for many reasons. I'll let you read into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's pretty cool. Okay, so you, you go right to the doors after you get your family taken care of first right. and your shower. And, and, that to me tells me, well, you're preparing for your day, perhaps uh, the night previous to that, the, the, the night before that. So what does that look like a little bit? Yeah, I, again, it's a, it's a very simple day, right? All I got to do is drive to the, to the last place I stopped door knocking and just pick it up again. Um, I, wait a minute. I love how simple that is because, you know, you know, I'm trying to set the picture for people that are trying to, they, they think they want a door knock, right? And, and they're like, well, I can't do this. I haven't done that. And I haven't and done this. Prepare this is why, and prepare this is, and prepare and prepare. Right. Yeah, this is why I haven't started. How simple is it? Just start at the next door. You stopped at door 72, go to 73. Like, what's the yeah, big my, deal? My, my only preparation is I print out a map of the neighborhood I'm in and I highlight the streets I've done. And then the next day I'll, I'll, I'll go right. Whatever's not highlighted, I, I keep going there. Um, I put my door knocking cart in the little that I did with me, and that, that's all. That's really, it, it's simple. Like it's, it's, so it's, you're not door knocking with market stats, or are you? you? Do you have some, or they're just all like... I have them in my head. I yeah, of course. Every, I, I, I review this every day, and I yeah. know the market. I, um, yeah, I have apps so I can look up a specific price for home if I'm a specific neighborhood I'll punch into the, the the house number and I know so I have these data available if I need it but uh, yeah there's really no way to over prepare like we're, we're what are we preparing for we're preparing to for the action right and so start with the action right away I love it <laughs> you know what's like really it's cool? so simple you know what's really cool about when we, we get to interview top producers like yourself Vincent and, and to your credit too Colin the excuse is, well, just start in a sense, right? Like there's, you don't need to worry about this or the, you know, how many doors. Okay. I know there's a hundred doors on this street, but there's only 25 on this street and I need another, like, who cares? Just right. go start that action. It's all about the action. And that's, that's throughout our last couple of seasons of the podcast. That's been the biggest thing that's probably risen to the top Yes, is the top producers just go out there and do it. There's, there's no excuses. They just go out there and do it. I shared your story yesterday. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You're like, what the heck is he talking about? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> so, he doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. So, so at, our, at our brokerage, uh, one of the cool things that I get to be a part of, actually, all three of us are, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in a sense, is an Ignite program. Right, so, right. so that's where uh, we typically it's newer agents or agents that would like to get into a higher production. And yesterday was a kickoff event. And uh, Wayne and I are there, one of our other uh, facilitators, uh, at the kickoff event, and I and I simply says to them, "Listen, succeeding in this is easy. You just got to go do it, 
and that you should have zero excuses. And I shared your story about how you ran the marathon on Sunday, and the following day you're out door knocking. If he can yeah, do why, that, why not? Right? Why right? wouldn't I? Like, what's what's there that that holds me back? Unless I have two broken legs and a cast, and I can't literally physically do it, why wouldn't I do it? And I got two great leads yesterday. I met a lady who's selling the next two weeks. She go, she's already interviewed two agents. She's going to interview me as well. I clicked well with her. And like, got me a, 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 listening. a listening there. Like, you never know where that business is coming from. But it's not coming from nowhere if you don't go out or if you don't prospect. Like, nothing's happening if you just sit around waiting. Well, it's true. Sorry. You do know where the business is coming from. Right. It's in that action. Right. And without that action, you would have missed that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny because what I've also noticed and many of the top producers that we've interviewed, it's almost a common trend. As long as you're doing the action, the business might not necessarily come from that, but the business will come because the action is being done. Mm -hmm. So you just need to get up there and work. And who knows, some uncle or friend, cousin will call and say, hey, I have a lead for you. Right. But it, the business just comes. Well, it's being about being proactive. Yes. That's a thing. That's, you've got to, and again, there's so many ways you can do that. I yeah. love it. Yeah. I love it. That was pretty deep what you just said. Do you realize? It's a good thing we got this thing being recorded. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't remember what I said. <laughs> I know. I can tell. I can tell. Uh, that's cool. What areas are you, sorry, dear. Uh, no, no, it's perfect. Here. What areas are you struggling with in, in your business that, you know, most agents within, you know, the first five to seven years will be struggling. And how are you overcoming I, those um, struggles as well? I love that you ask this question because like, or I don't want to portray it as this perfect, perfect super agent, right? Because I'm not, and I do struggle with a lot of things. I struggle with um, where do I draw the line? Like I'm so involved in business that I sometimes feel like, um, I'm putting too much of my life into the business, not enough to my family, for example. Mm -hmm. I, I find it almost harder to tell a client, uh, I can't show you a house on Sunday, then it would be like, no, I'm going to take it silly. It's e almost easier to tell my family, oh, sorry, I can't do this this Sunday because I have to show a client a house, mm -hmm. than it would be telling a client, sorry, I can't show you the house because I have, to. like, it's almost yes. easier to turn your family down than a client, and I hate that. I don't like my my family should be a number one priority. Yeah, but it becomes such a habit that you always put your client first that you almost leave everybody else behind, and I don't want that. And I'm kind of like struggling with that. I'm kind of really uh, learn to say no. I have a hard time saying no. So how are you overcoming that, uh, or what is the way for someone to overcome that? I don't know. I haven't found the <laughs> uh, I haven't found the the recipe for that yet. I think. Yeah. Uh, you can remember yourself what really matters in your life. Um, and just, you you get you get this kind of tunnel vision sometimes when you're in this business. Mm -hmm. and everything evolves around it, and nothing else seems to matter anymore. It's just this client, this deal, this whatever, this offer. Mm -hmm. But I mean, like everything else becomes um, second priority. Mm. That's my biggest struggle, I'd say. Okay, and that's a that's a tough balance, and I think that's one that, quite frankly, you know, we've all been in the business less than ten years. I think I'm just about to start my eighth, and I don't think even at year, you know, I don't year five or whatever. It doesn't matter when you, you have. I think you have to experience that kind of the the, the ups and downs of it, mm -hmm. so you kind of know where that balance is, right? Mm -hmm. Like I think. It's, it's one of those tough journeys that I believe we all have to go through of course to understand no like this is I, this is the moment I should have been at home I remember and, and it drove me nuts I remember I bought um, I can't remember the name of the band but they were coming through Toronto I bought tickets months in advance and it was all awesome Michelle my wife and I were gonna go down to it and of course clients you know we had to put an offer in because there's multiple offers and they wanted me to present and it was the same night mm. and as much as I explained to her, and it was close friends of ours, explained to Michelle, she's like, how I did not want to go to do the offer. Michelle's like, no, go. It's okay. I'll take my friend. I'm there at the offer table. I'm like, I feel sick about this. Yeah. Right. Like, it was just a stupid deal. 
I know. You're not saving know. lives. Like, <laughs> it's a stupid <laughs> transaction. Yeah, it was like one point whatever million. I would have made a lot of money. But I missed out having an awesome time at the at the concert with my right. wife. Right. right? And, and somebody it, else in the office could have helped you with that. Oh, for sure. Right? But you said it. We got tunnel vision, right? No, it's a deal. It's a transaction. I got to right. help my client. And because it's just what we do. And right? I'm the We're only one who can pull this deal together. Ah, yes. I'm such a... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even get the deal. Of course, you never get the deal. You never get the deal. You never get the deal. But Vincent, I, I'm telling you, like, it, I think we got to go through those kind of, kind of slap in the face type moments in a sense. You're like, oh shoot! But now I know, and it's taught me. Now I know I can say no to right. to whatever, so I can go hang out with my son or do whatever. Right? Like, it's it's a big piece of it. I think it's part of our journey in a sense. Uh, right? Yeah. Ultimately, it. Because we all have to experience that for ourselves. We, we can be warned about it by all the pros, but we have to experience it for ourselves. And we have to experience that, that part where we're like, I don't ever want to live through that again. Right? Instead of, you know, living, you know, being told about it and then saying that. Yeah. 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 Cool. So what's new for you? What, what do you, what are your, so we're, we're just starting to set our goals for 2020. What's your goals for 2020? Um, I still got to work on my 2019 goal, which is a 32,000 goals. I'm right now at 26, I just looked it up, 26,982. So $27,000. Yeah. So it's not 5,000 goals more. That's um, two months. Two months. Much. That's 2,500 a month. About seven fifty maybe somewhere there a week. So I gotta yeah, and then I don't know. Next year I'm just gonna probably do the same other goals again. I it's another thing, I don't <laughs> I don't set many goals actually. It's kind of atypical here <laughs> in, this, in this in this in this tribe. <laughs> um ultimately I wanna probably spend a bit more time with my family. Um work a bit less just a little bit more balanced life again I as I said I don't what does that mean balanced life well just uh, every every year every year I say you know what I'm going to work three months and I'll take a week off then I work three months week off I've been saying this since 2015 I've never done it yeah how's that going yeah the only only time I take off is two weeks in the summer and then two weeks around Christmas and New Year's and I always burn out like Mm. come Come uh, July, I'm completely burned out. Then I know I should have taken some time off, maybe a week in May or something. And say now it's like uh, end of October, and I'm just posted right now. I feel like oh, I should have taken a week off. Maybe now I should take a week off. It'd be a perfect timing. So I want that's a bit of more work-life balance again. Okay. Um, it doesn't help that I love what I do so much, right? It never feels like, oh, I'm going to go to work. I love it. Like, every day, I love it. Right, it's, right. I mean, it doesn't even feel like working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've done the exercise in the past where, where we're planning for the next year, and uh, our mentor, Marvin Alexander, he will say, you know, for, forget the amount of work you want to do. First, start with your, your family and your vacations. Book yeah, that time off absolutely, first. Absolutely, 100%. Everything, everything else left is work time. Work time, yeah. That's the way to look at it. Like, oh, that's actually a really great way to look at it. And right? if you don't do it, it's not going to happen. So, yeah, you've got to put in your family and vacation time first. Just then it's there. Yeah, probably yeah. best to book the flights just right away and pull a destination out of the hat. <laughs> if you don't know where to go, do it. <laughs> Just do it. We get the globe and we spin yeah, it. Yeah, we go, spin the right? globe. Say stop. As our paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> you ever been there? Oh, I've been insulting. It's nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. how can we help you in your business? Well, I mean, you guys are great. This is a, this, uh, this company is fantastic. Uh, so much help always offered. And uh, even if I don't, if there's nothing specific I, I could ask for, I know if I had to, I know there's people I could do now. Hmm. That, 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 that's all actually. So, okay. so we're almost at the end of the year, two more months. Your major goal is to hit uh, another 5,000 more doors. Um, and now it's public, so I don't, I don't have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, actually, that's right. It's so almost that, like when you call me and say you're going to come on the, on the podcast the, on, the, on the 22nd, and I said, that's two days after the marathon. And you said, oh, that's great. You can talk about the marathon. 
I'm like, okay, well, I guess I got to finish that thing. I'm not going to sit here and tell everybody how I gave up at kilometer yeah. 27. Yeah. You should have seen me on uh, kilometer 26. I was killing it. I was rolling. I uh, wanted to roll for the next. I, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, 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 I was thinking about that. Yeah. I said, okay, I, I love to talk about it. It's been a great experience. I'm not going to talk about how I failed or didn't finish it. Like, yeah. I want to talk about how I did it. Um, so, yeah. No, that's awesome. And I don't think, I don't think we celebrate the right or the correct successes all the time. Like we celebrate as realtors, I, and I see it all the time. Hey, I did another closing. Ooh, good for me. I'm so happy for my clients. Whatever, we can do that all day, right? But right. it's it's stuff like this, like the marathon that's pushing your your body to new limits. Um, then door knocking the following next day, like. That's a success. Yeah, that's how yeah. I look at it. Yeah. You know, because right. you you didn't miss a beat. You you went out and generated a lead, and now you're doing a listing presentation where where many people would have still been stuck on. I finished the marathon. Yeah, or they still would have been celebrating that. Yeah, yeah. I think one one big thing for me is I always look how can I still do something rather than looking what's the reason for me not to do it. And it's always been like this. Um, I mean. I haven't shared this often because I always kind of, I was high. I, I'm like type one diabetic since I'm nine years old. So almost 30 years in, right? Um, I never really told people like I, through my whole high school, I was hiding it like, like a, some infectious disease. Because I, I don't know, for me it's a weakness. Mm. Now I look at it as a strength. Yeah. Like I've been, uh, I've done so many things. I've been, uh, I run a marathon. I've been running all my life. I've, uh, I've been a licensed boxer for, for many years in Switzerland too. Like I, I went to the ring and I had fights. Everything, despite yeah having that kind of disease that might not be the easiest to handle, like running four and a half hours um, a marathon when you know you got to keep your blood sugar level at such a specific, like, uh, you can't mess up with that because if it drops, you drop, and you're like, well, you're out. You know, bad, but you, you're down. Yeah. You might be in a coma if you don't, if you're careful. But, um, so yeah, I always look at ways. How can I, how can I do this despite whatever, despite my legs hurting, despite not being from here, despite whatever. How can I still do it? Whereas some other people might look, well, what, what would be a reason for me not to do it today? Yeah. I think it's just a given. I'm just lucky that I feel like that I don't know. that's fantastic yeah before we wrap up um you've been training for this marathon now pretty much all year you've ran over a thousand kilometers so that you can run 42 kilometers i know it seems like so little eh? <laughs> <laughs> in the grand scheme of things now in preparation for the marathon uh, what is that lesson that you learned about you, Vincent, that you didn't know before? Um, it definitely gives you a lot. Like when you train that much, uh, I just looked it up on my app. It came to almost five days of pure running in <laughs> 2019. That's over 100 hours or 120 hours just running, running, running. That's a lot of time to think about life, about yourself, and. Um, Boy, that's the reason why I love it so much. What's the lesson I got from it? Ultimately, I'm just being grateful. Grateful for the life we, we live, for what we have. Um, I read this one quote, I think it's from my friend Gary Vaynerchuk. He said, you're alive and free. Take advantage of it. Yeah. And that's true. These two things, freedom and the fact that we're alive, yes. we take this as a given. But it's not a given, it's a privilege. Yeah. There are people that are not free and there are people that are not alive anymore. Yeah. We have both. Let's make the best out of it. Well, I will end on that note. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's fantastic. Vincent, it's always a pleasure to, to hang with you, but uh, today was extra special. Thank you got so to, much. Yeah, dive into you know what motivates you, what drives you. And uh, I know that this, you know, our listeners and the, and the viewers are going to watch this and take so much away. For me, it's just the simplicity of your your daily plan. You know, you've got a target to hit. Yeah. You've got to hit it because that's where the transactions are, which ultimately funds and fuels your life, right? Of the things that you want to do. So good for you. Happy 
to you know, I, I'm honored to to have you in my realm, and and thank you for that. Good. So uh, that wraps up our, our podcast. As always, you can find us on um, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Play, Podbean, and uh, our upcoming, we'll have some really cool upcoming things. The next big thing that we're doing is the Real Estate Growth Summit, where we'll be yeah, doing yeah. Some, some live podcasts at the event. So we'll have our, our studio, our makeshift shoot studio, we'll, we'll be there. And looking forward to seeing everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Bye for now. Bye for now, guys.